The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. America, welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown. I'm not coming to you live today. This is pre-recorded, but uh, we're recording it on Monday, and I'm coming to you from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us here today. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. Scroll down right there on the right side of the page. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. And uh, you can enlarge that if you want to do that. You can also watch that live video feed on Twitter at FPPTim. Uh, my Periscope account is also available, Setting Brush Fires. Our Facebook page is Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B. Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com, we're live right there on the front page right now. And also, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. You can also catch us on Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty and Sons of Liberty Media. And uh, no phones today, so I'm going to turn those off for you guys watching. And um, this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about two different subjects, but don't think that they are opposed to one another. They work hand in glove together. One is the fact that Black Lives Matter has been unmasked as having witchcraft behind it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a moment. And then what's be, what's being talked about as the Great Reset. Everybody's aware, the, the well, not everybody's aware, but people are aware that the dollar has been devalued almost to nothing now. And um, there is coming a Great Reset. There's no longer any way you can hold it off. And when that happens, a lot of people have been told that, oh, they're going to try to push the gold standard. Other people have said, nope, they're going to cash the society. Other people are the Bitcoin kind of route of uh, blockchain technology and things of that. So what I did was I got hold of my good friend Alex Newman at, with The New American, and I saw, just wanted to see if he'd come on and talk about these things since he's been writing about them. And uh, so it's my pleasure to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Alex Newman. Welcome, man. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be with you, Tim. Yeah, happy to have you too. And um, we're gonna, we got two subjects that some people are going to go, okay, how do these things fit together? And so I, I told you, I said, why don't we take the Black Lives Matter and witchcraft first and see how that's being used even more to push toward the second thing of the Great Reset. So I'm going to let you introduce that, if you would. 
Yeah, well, thank you for the opportunity to talk about this, Tim. And, you know, for a long time, I have suspected that this was going on. You know, the Bible says you can look at the fruit of something and, and tell a lot about it. And the fruit of Black Lives Matter was pretty obvious. Death, destruction, hatred, division, rioting, looting, uh, Marxism, right? Uh, hatred for our fellow men. And uh, so you know, it was quite obvious where this was coming from. And then the videos started coming out. We had uh, Patrice Cullors admitting on television that she was a trained Marxist, that Alicia Garza, the other co-founder, was also a trained Marxist. Of course, we know the last of the three co-founders, Opal Tometi. Uh, is also a Marxist, buddy-buddy uh, with uh, Nicolas Maduro, the mass-murdering dictator of Venezuela. And uh, so, you know, it, it should have been pretty obvious. And yet still you had all these churches jumping on the Black Lives Matter bandwagon. You had all these pastors teaching Black Lives Matter nonsense in their churches. I'm thinking, what is wrong here? Well, now we have the proof of what we all, what all discerning Christians should have been able to see at the very beginning. And that is that there are uh, dark demonic forces behind this movement. So we have audio recordings of uh, Patrice Cullors, the highly trained Marxist, who's uh, um, uh, like uh, super uh, like well versed in like uh, ideological theories, <laughs> as she says on uh, on the Real News Network. And then um, she's talking to the co-founder of Black Lives Matter Los Angeles, a professor of African studies by the name of Professor Melina Abdullah over at Cal State University in L.A., and she's the founder of the BLM Los Angeles chapter, which is a very, very active uh, chapter of the Black Lives Matter movement. And in this conversation, they spend you know almost 20 minutes that we know of. There may be more. Uh, and, and this came out on the wonderful show, uh, The Hamilton Corner, with, Ab with uh, Abraham Hamilton III. And this audio, you have uh, Professor Abdullah, and uh, Patrice Cullors talking about the spirits that they're communicating with. And, and uh, Professor Abdullah says she's got one called a Wakisha, and they didn't meet in their body, but they laugh a lot together. Then you've got uh, Patrice Cullors talking about how they're summoning these spiritual entities. She says she's accountable to them. They're working through her. Uh, she also says that... Um, the, you know, the hashtag, people think it's just the hashtag. She says it's so much more than a hashtag. She says we're literally, and she used the words literally, resurrecting spirits of the dead and bringing them in to uh, to to help us with this work. And, 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 you know, as she said, this is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual movement, which is, of course, exactly what I've been saying for years now, right? Go to Ephesians 6.12, you would have already known this was a spiritual battle. Yes. Right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, uh, spiritual wickedness and, and darkness in high places. So we know it's not it, it's not a, just a physical battle, but it's really interesting to have the other side admitting that and um, so and one last thing I'll say before I hand it back to you, Tim, is, is we also got video after I put out my first article on this over at the New American. I see you flashing it up on the screen right now. Uh, we got video from Teaching for Change. They were doing a teacher training program for the Black Lives Matter Curriculum Week where they were essentially teaching teachers to teach their children how to summon demons into the classroom. And, and so they're, they're chanting these songs about ancestor spirits are watching. I know they're watching. And then uh, they teach the teachers to teach the children. All right, now hold an ancestor in your head and then now speak your ancestor out into the classroom. And the ancestor then is supposed to appear in the classroom and shift the whole energy of the room. This is what they're saying in the video. So, you know, 
we as Christians should have known this, Tim, is the point. Uh, now we have proof of it. It is, it is undeniable. And, you know, I would love a, a materialist's explanation for what's going on here. But I think it's very clear. I mean, this is straight from the pit of hell, Tim. Yeah, I, you know, there's something that came out here recently, Alex, and that is that uh, uh, it isn't just an it isn't an atheist view. In fact, uh, I've often dealt with a lot of atheists or agnostic. I, I I can't even I can't really take either one of those really serious from my foundation because Romans one says that men know there's a God. They just choose He's not to plain. honor that. Yeah, they choose not to honor Him as God. Now I get it. Some people can. Uh, push back so far that either they sear their conscience or they've just subdued their conscience to the point where they won't they won't they don't want to recognize it they're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness again this is Romans 1 and so i found that when i deal with self-professed atheists when i put when i keep holding that and i said guys i'm not going if i lose this foundation i can't i can't argue from anything else and they'll find out after about three or four times of going at me saying, oh, you don't know. Jesus. I said, well, what made you angry with the church? What, 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 did, what did God do that, that made you angry with him or whatever the case may be? And they'll eventually come out and tell me. Now, with these people, this, this Marxism is not atheist. It's occultic. And I think that's what you're pointing out now is Marxism is occultic. It's not atheistic. It's occultic. They do have gods. Um, it's just they they're it's some form of paganism if it will if you will it is occultic in nature and this is being exposed now now you've got a new video and i'm just going to point people to the new american youtube channel uh down here at the bottom it's called demonic spirits behind black lives matter this is alex's new video uh as we're doing the interview the today alex has just put it up i think within the past hour you said and okay. so uh, do you want to tell people a little bit more as to what's going on in that? Because here's the thing. I see, I understand there are legitimate people who actually think Black Lives Matter. They're not into this. They want some justice in certain areas, and, and they're out there protesting. But the problem is the provocateurs come in, the paid uh, protesters, rioters, looters come in, and they it's like everything they get into. People can start out well, and then they go into all this other stuff. And, of course, we know the Black Lives Matter movement, as it is, uh, what was that, 2013 or so that it was started? 2014, and it's been, yep. Yeah, it's been funding uh, Democrat operatives and people in Congress and all this other through Act Blue. What is the issue here with Black Lives Matter and what would be your recommend? I know what your recommendation is, but I don't want to put words in your mouth for parents who have kids in their school that are getting taught this stuff. Yeah, well, thank you, Tim. And, you know, what, what you said about Marx is so important. I actually uh, I talk about that a little bit in the video and I just preached about it uh, on Sunday down at the First Baptist Church in Stewart. Um, you know, Marx is often portrayed as an atheist, but it, it's really an inaccurate portrayal. Uh, probably one of the most important books of the 20th century, written by Pastor Richard Bernbrandt, a, a Christian minister who was persecuted and tortured for nine years in a Romanian gulag. Uh, when he finally got out, and you know, they were torturing him, and he was praying for them and forgiving them, and a whole bunch of them came to Christ. They finally said, get out of here, go to America, we don't want you here anymore. So, uh, so he left, and he had this hypothesis that Marx was actually not an atheist, but that he was a Satanist. So he starts looking at the evidence, and he says, oh, my goodness, he really was a Satanist. And um, the, the amount of evidence published in this book is just incredible. I quoted some of Marx's poems that are recorded in this book. In one of them, he openly talks about how he made a deal with Satan, the prince of all the demons. Right? Uh, and so Marxism never was atheistic. It was always about 
trying to repudiate, trying to war against everything that God has ordained, everything that God has created, everything that God has established. And, and if you look at Marxist ideals, it is at its core a repudiation of what God has revealed. So start with private property, right? It's God who authored private property. It's God who said, thou shalt not steal. And so Marxism starts from this premise that private property is in and of itself illegitimate and that we need to abolish it. Well, by definition, that's called stealing, right? If you're taking away people's private property, you're stealing. Amen. And then Marx said uh, women should be held in common right we should have communal women we shouldn't have uh monogamous uh man woman one you know one marriage for life uh, women should just be kind of communal right everybody gets to sleep with all the way i mean this is is a total affront to everything that god has revealed to us in his word so when you boil down marxism to its essence it's not really materialist it's not really atheistic it is uh, demonic. It is satanic. Uh, and the same thing is true with this uh, with this Black Lives Matter thing. You know, th- th- when you boil down, when you break down what it is <clears throat> that uh, Colors and Abdullah and, and these teacher trainers uh, are teaching, uh, it's based off of a, an old African pagan religion called Ifa uh, from the Yoruba people in uh, what's today Nigeria. And, um, you know, it's, it's got a lot in common with a lot of the other pagan religions of the world. And in fact, when you boil all the pagan religions down to their core, they are all ultimately the same thing from the same source. And this is true whether you're talking about the, the Vikings of Scandinavia with their, you know, pantheon of demon gods and they used to sacrifice children to their demon gods. And same thing with the Aztecs, same thing with, you know, all these pagan religions. Really, they're all different forms of the same thing with different names. Uh, and, and so is this Ifa religion. It's just exactly what the Bible says when, when God says, don't engage in necromancy, right? Don't talk to spirits of the dead. And of course, you're probably not even talking to spirits of the dead. You're probably talking to demons posing as spirits of the dead. Uh, witchcraft, sorcery, right? All of this is wrapped up. Uh, God calls it detestable. He calls it an abomination. In fact, uh, in the Old Testament for, for God's chosen people, the uh, Israel at that time, uh, it was a capital offense to be talking talking to dead people or whatever. That's how serious God takes this stuff. And so when, when you have Christians, and you, you hit on something really important, Tim, when you have Christians saying, well, you know, I, I don't agree with all their pagan ancestor spirit worship and stuff, but hey, I think black lives matter. Hey, guess what? All Christians think black lives matter. In fact, Christians don't even start from that premise of, of black lives matter, right? God said we're all one blood. blood. So That's every right. life, every human being made in the image of God Amen. matters, regardless of their color. And, and when Christians say, well, I just want to go protest with black lives matter because I want to prove that black lives matter. No, no, no. God said, don't be unequally yoked, right? You don't want to be unequally yoked with with pagans and sorcerers and necromancers and and demon summoners, right? You don't want to have anything to do with that. In fact, you have an obligation to reprove that and to expose that, Ephesians 5.11 tells us. And so that's what we try to do, is is call these people out, show the world what's really going on here, and and let them face it. You know, if if you face this and you say, okay, they're they're talking to demon spirits or ancestor spirits or whatever, and I still want to be a part of it, okay, you've made your decision and you've done it knowingly, and and I've done my job, right? uh, Your blood's not going to be on me. I told you what was going on here. But uh, people need to know this. And uh, as far as, you know, what do we do about our children? You know, the, the Black Lives Matter curriculum is now in, in every school district, practically in this entire country. Uh, it is in everything. Uh, Glenn Beck, incidentally, just did a really good 40-minute program about this. We've been writing about this for years now uh, at the New American and at the Freedom Project uh, about the infiltration of Black Lives Matter propaganda. It's this critical race theory. you got to divide everybody up into different groups and classes and races and all the rest of it so we can have them all go to war with each other. Uh, this is also satanic. And the simple solution is parents, stop sending your children there. As long as you continue Amen. to send your children there, they're going to continue being indoctrinated with 
this evil. They're going to continue being taught to hate you and to hate God and to hate the Bible and to hate the church and to hate the things that God has commanded. Uh, and, you know, you think you're going to unbrainwash them for 30 minutes at the dinner table. I mean, give me a break, guys. You know, five days a week, eight hours a day. You think you're going to unbrainwash them in 30 minutes at dinner? It's not going to happen, folks. Most of the time they are going to be, as, as the Bible says, right, train up a child in the way he should go. Well, Satan understands that, too. And uh, he wants your children and, and they are coming for them through the school system. Parents, you've got to get them out. Amen. I couldn't I couldn't have said that better. Let me let me reference a few things that you were talking about here uh, from Scripture. And this was uh, what I put in in some of the in the article I did the other day, the witchcraft of, witchcraft of BLM exposed. Uh, and this barred heavily from what you had done at the New American and showing people also Mr. Hamilton's video as well. But, you know, the Bible is very clear on these things, folks. I mean, it's, this isn't even, this isn't even a, a hard-to-understand issue. Uh, Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 13, There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens, or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord." And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. This is what the Canaanites were doing, and this is why this is one of the many reasons that God was driving them out because they were engaged in this. They were engaged in a whole lot of other things that he said too. But he says, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God. Don't turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out, and so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. Um, and then when we come down here, and later on in Leviticus, he says, A man or woman who is a medium or necromancer shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Are, are you saying that people should be stoned? I'm just saying God said they should be stoned. Okay? So if you have a problem with that, that's in your Bible too, folks. And God's the one that said it. So if you have a problem with God's just law and his just punishment, then the obvious question I have, or the obvious thing that I posit to you is, you have a problem with God, not with me. Um, Alex is the messenger. I'm the messenger. Uh, and, and God's the one who, who put these things out and he did it for our protection, not to hinder our fun, not to cut in on our party. He did it for our protection. You see what's going on in the cities around, um, the United States, both with black lives matter. And you haven't touched on Antifa and that wasn't really our subject matter, but it's, it's they're they're similar in nature because they got the same daddy driving them. And that and that's really the problem here, isn't it, Alex? I mean, they got the same father, and just like uh, in Jesus' time, the Jewish leaders there in Israel were—they could claim Abraham was their father physically, but Jesus said, "He's not your daddy. Your daddy's the devil, and you do the works of him. You don't do the works of Abraham. If you believed and you were really his, you'd be doing those works." Same thing happens today, no matter what face they put on it. And I appreciate you bringing those things up. Now, with that said, let's do a little transition. Because I think a lot of people, at least that listen to this show, would probably agree with us in what we're saying regarding BLM. How does this, along with the Antifa stuff, along with those who are sitting in positions of power as representatives um, in government at various local, state, and federal, how does this then begin to work towards this, what we're calling the Great Reset, or uh, this change, it's going to, my understanding is it's going to be a complete change of the economy across the world, not just in America. How How is this kind of working hand in glove to do that? 
Yeah, thank you, Tim. And and this great reset is kind of an all-encompassing term that's been thrown out there by the World Economic Forum in a partnership with the United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, and the British Monarchy. And they're the ones who came up with this idea of the great reset. And and they tell you what it is. In fact, it's a total transformation of everything. And they asked uh, Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, what is it that is the most important transformation that's going to happen. And I'm paraphrasing here. I don't remember the exact words. And he pointed to his head. He said, it's the mindset, right? So our mindsets now need to be transformed. And if you listen to what they said, they're very clear about what's coming, right? One of the big things that he talked about was the fourth industrial revolution. And so I said, okay, well, what's this fourth industrial revolution? And I already had some vague idea because the, the globalists keep throwing out this term. So I went and I looked it up. Turns out the, uh, that Klaus Schwab, the same man who was saying these things, has spoken extensively on the fourth industrial revolution. And what he said was, in, in a speech that he, I think he gave in 2016 or 2017, the most important element of it is the blurring of the physical and the biological and the digital. So we're talking about the merger of biological systems with technological systems, and more particularly, the merger of man and machine. Like and transhumanism, we're talking right? About this. Transhumanism? Transhumanism, exactly. Yeah. And it's interesting that we're talking about this today because just last week, uh, the head of uh, Tesla, Elon Musk, came out and said, hey, guys, uh, we're working on brain implants. And we're going to saw out a piece of your skull. We're going to stick a microchip there. We're going to glue it back on. And it's going to interface with your brain. And you'll be able to control your smartphone without touching it. It's like, well, I don't have a smartphone. So I guess I don't need your brain chip. Praise God. Thank you for that. But um, <laughs> that's where these people are going, right? And they're talking about transforming the whole economy. But if you want to build something new, you first have to demolish the old, right? If you want to put a new skyscraper up where, where my old house was, well, you're going to have to knock down my old house first. So first, they've got to burn down the existing system. And that is what BLM, that is what Antifa, and that is what this corona pandemic, whatever word you want to use for it, uh, is accomplishing. They're burning down our cities and the physical, right? The, the uh, Black Lives Matter, which of course is funded by these same elites. Black Lives Matter is being funded by Rockefeller, by Soros, by these mega foundations, right? The UN is flying them in to come testify at the UN Human Rights Council about how evil and racist and horrible America is. Actually, funny, the guy that they called in to testify against America, when he got back, he was arrested for pimping out a child. True story. Nice people the UN finds to come do their bidding. But uh, as part of this great reset, you've got to destroy what existed. So they're using the coronavirus, to destroy our economy. They're destroying our small businesses. They're, uh, 50 million people lost their jobs since uh, since March, since this corona scamdemic, uh, the, the lockdowns began. 50 million people, that's almost a third of the workforce, okay? They're talking about our, our GDP may be cut by half. So they have burned down uh, big swaths of our economy. They're going to make us dependent. Right, right now, they've got us all dependent on government money. Oh, you lost your job? Don't worry. We'll just print some and, and hand it to you. Right? That, that scam will last for uh, you know maybe another few weeks, maybe another few months, but certainly it can't go on. The dollar has lost 10% or more just since March, and that's according to Reuters. So they're burning down the economy. They're burning down our cities. They're burning down our government. They're telling us that our system of government is racist. It's rooted in white supremacy. Uh, they're even saying Christianity now is, is a white supremacy religion, that it's a white man that's what they're telling uh, these black activists who are being sucked into BLM. They're naively and, and falsely telling them that, that Christianity is a white man's religion that was brought down to Africa. That's a bunch of baloney, right? Christianity originated in the Middle East. The Ethiopian Orthodox Church is one of the oldest Christian yeah. denominations on the face of this planet. Uh, Christianity is just as much an African religion as it is a European religion. 
And yet uh, these people are being lied to. So they want to burn down our churches. And that's happening. Right? We talked about it in the article. Uh, ironically, they burned down a church in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that had a Black Lives Matter uh, uh, sign out front. And I shouldn't be laughing about that. It's terrible. But it's a poetic justice. Maybe it was one of these apostate, uh, you know, Unitarian Universalist church, whatever. Right. Um, and. They're destroying the old so that they can make way for the new. And that's what the Great Reset is about. And they're not talking about it in America. I recognize that. You won't read about it in the newspaper. You won't hear about it on Fox or CNN or CBS or ABC. But it's a big deal. You can go right over the World Economic Forum's website. You can read about it. You can read the speeches given by the head of the UN, the socialist Antonio Guterres, by the head of the IMF, the socialist Kristalina Georgieva, uh, the head of the World Economic Forum, the globalist, socialist, transhumanist Klaus Schwab. Uh, I mean, even the Pope is on board. Right. It's like everybody's on board, except they're just not going to tell the American people until they spring it on us, Tim. Yeah. And I this is this is part of the concern that I have. Um, and again, we're going to get into some issues of politics here because of who's at the forefront, who's leading all of this. Now, we we're being told that, you know, our president is anti-communist. Um, you know, he's America first and all of this stuff. And with that, we've even been told that he wants to he wants to have a reset, but he wants to go back to the gold standard, which would be great. That would be a great thing. But the fact of the matter is he's in on the World Economic Forum, um, and he's in on several other things. We, we talked about the USMCA and pushing that in there, and that being sort of a regional foothold to global government. What are you seeing as far as the U.S.? You, you, you've talked about these these other areas where they're pushing it out in different uh, places and stuff. And you're saying, well, you won't read about it. Well, you'll read about it at Sons of Liberty. I know that. You'll read about it at the New American as well. Amen. Uh, on the Great Reset. You'll, you'll read these things. But as far as uh, in the mainstream media, you're not going to really hear. You may hear about it every once in a while, but it, they won't really go into depth as to what they're doing. And I'm fascinated with this issue that you brought up, this saying, the Great Reset is mainly a change of mind. And uh, and the fact that people... I, what is it that you want to put a chip in your head to control your phone? I, that doesn't make sense to me. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, they got it where you can talk to it now, right? You can talk to it and say, hey, do this, you know, look this up or call this number. I, I don't get... I mean, I think it's maybe some cool technology if you science fi stuff or whatever, but, or, but I, I just, I don't get... The whole idea behind that, it just, that, that takes a whole different mindset indeed to want to do that to yourself. It really does, Tim. And, and if you look at the things that they're talking about, they, they've actually been talking about this pretty openly among themselves for some years now uh, at the uh, at the World Government Summit. I believe it was last year. It might have been the year before last because I wrote about it at the New American. They actually brought in a cyborg to be one of their keynote speakers, a, a, a man who describes himself as a cyborg. He had an antenna sticking out of his head, and he was, I think, the president of the Cyborg Foundation. And uh, he, he claimed he was a merger of a man and a machine, and that this antenna sticking out of his head helped him see better and i don't remember all the details but that's where they're going with this right and elon musk was saying you'll be able to to upload your memories onto a computer and you know the, the ultimate step and they don't talk about this very openly yet they want to be able to have eternal life but they don't want to submit to god as part of that they want to be able to have eternal life independent of God. And for that, they want to be able to upload their consciousness onto a computer. And so they have this obsession with this, right? You see all these rich people uh, getting themselves cryogenically frozen, hoping that, you know, one day uh, in the future, they're going to be revived and they'll be able to walk around. Um, you know, and I, and I think when you look at the prophecies that we have, it's very clear that some sort of 
unbelievable global system is going to develop that's going to have these awesome powers like the ability to prevent you from buying or selling if you don't take a mark. And that goes in right in with this great reset, Tim, because one of the big elements of this great reset, as you alluded to, is the currency systems of the world, right? The dollar is in the middle of a controlled demolition right now. Uh, they're telling us now that we're going to get coronavirus and die if we touch cash, which is absolutely idiotic in the extreme. In fact, the war against cash has been going on for a long time. They actually set up the Better Than Cash Alliance back in 2012. They're also telling us there's this fake change shortage. There's no coins. And so uh, we got to have a cashless society, folks. Then uh, you combine that with the move toward a one world currency. And I think that's what the globalists hope they're going to get out of this great reset. One of the many things they hope they're going to get out of this great reset is get rid of physical cash, which by definition means you're going to get rid of all black market transactions. I guess I shouldn't say all because people can trade in things other than uh, currency. You know, we could trade in gold, we could trade in cigarettes, we could trade in whiskey, you know, whatever it is. Um, but you would really put a huge dent in the black market. You'd bring everything under centralized control. And who is it that's supporting this move toward a cashless society? Well, if you look at the Better Than Cash Alliance, which, as I mentioned, was set up in 2012, led by the Ford Foundation, incidentally, uh, when Congress investigated the Ford Foundation, the head of the Ford Foundation, the, the, uh, I think the president, uh, Alan Geither, called the chief investigator for Congress's committee into his office. His name was Norman Dodd. You can watch the interviews on YouTube. And he said, hey, you don't need to investigate us. I'll tell you what we're up to. Uh, we are using using our grant-making powers to so alter life in the United States that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. So fast forward 60 years, Ford Foundation announces this Better Than Cash Alliance. Right away, the UN jumps on board. In fact, the Secretariat for the Better Than Cash Alliance was actually set up at the UN Capital Development Fund, interestingly enough. You have the big credit card processing companies, which also incidentally are promoting the Great Reset, including the CEO of MasterCard, um, who gave one of the speeches when they introduced this Great Reset. You've got all the big foundations. You've got the big banks. You have got uh, everybody who's going to profit off this, plus governments, plus the UN, plus all these other major players. So that's the move toward a cashless society. Then the move to a global currency... Uh, I covered this back in 2010. I did a cover story in the New American Magazine called Waking Up to a uh, to a World Currency. And I don't have the magazine in front of me or I'd show you the cover. But uh, they were really open 10 years ago about this push for a global currency. They want the IMF to become essentially the global central bank. They've already got the proto-global currency. It's called the Special Drawing Rights, uh, which is a weird name for a currency. It's made up of a basket of other currencies right now. So the U.S. dollar, the Japanese yen, the British pound, the euro. Now they've, they've brought in the Chinese renminbi into the basket. This was pretty recent. And they actually asked... Um, Obama's Treasury Secretary at the time, Timothy TurboTax Geithner. Uh, I call him TurboTax because he said he didn't pay his taxes as the <laughs> chief of the IRS, interestingly, because of TurboTax. I wish we could all say that, right? But uh, So he didn't pay his taxes for that. And then they asked him, uh, what do you think about this communist Chinese proposal to, uh, to have a global currency and to just stop using the dollar as the global reserve currency? And, and what he said shocked the markets, actually. The dollar plunged after he said, oh, we're quite open to that. So the move toward a global currency is real. The IMF has already got the infrastructure in place. Uh, all that's left now is to destroy the value of the dollar completely. And they've already destroyed most of the value of the dollar. There's still some left. But once that's done, they'll say, oh, look at this terrible global mess. People are hungry. There's riots in all the cities. Don't worry. We'll get food back on your grocery store shelves. All you got to do is come and get your microchip or come and get your uh, new digital dollars or whatever. And, and I don't know if you saw, Tim, but twice during these uh, debates over the corona stimulus, right? We're all going to get a big check after the government finishes looting us to help pay us for whatever. 
both times uh, when the Democrats introduced the bill into the House of Representatives, it included the creation of a digital dollar. Yep. So we might not pay each other in SDRs just yet. I mean, the SDR might first be rolled out as a, a way of settling international transfers. So, you know, if we buy oil from Saudi Arabia, maybe we would pay them in SDRs instead of instead of U.S. dollars. But eventually the goal is a one world cashless system based on a global currency. And, you know, Trump has talked about the gold standard. Mike Pence has talked about the gold standard. Uh, Ron Paul has been talking about the gold standard for a long time. And that would be nice if we could get rid of this hoax of a money system, this uh, Federal Reserve system that is really just an enormous scam. Absolutely. Uh, It's usury institutionalized. If we could go back to a gold standard, that'd be good. But I think the chances of that happening are slim to none, unfortunately, Tim. Yeah, I do too. And as you're talking about this, it reminds me of the interview I had this morning. And again, folks, this is pre-recorded. I had with uh, with Bert uh, Schlossberg. I was telling you uh, about that earlier. And the playing of Larry McDonald in the early 80s and him talking about what the, the Soviets were doing, what the communists were doing. And here they're doing it. I mean, they're on the verge of getting what they want. And unless the people stand up and say, we're not having this. We're not having this anymore. We're going to get rid of a lot of you or we're going to change something. And unless some people get some gumption to stand up and do something to to avert that, they're going to push their stuff right through. And I, I, I think Americans, in the end, will end up applauding it. I mean, I can't. It, it's amazing to me to watch those kinds of things happening, uh, Alex. Because you know, for years as a young man, I had seen many books that talked about cashless society and things of that nature. And, uh, of course, we've been hearing it more and more and more and more, especially over the past decade. It's really advanced quite a bit. And now uh, with the blockchain technology, you know, I've used some blockchain, uh, you know, coins and stuff like that. Uh, Not in a huge amount. Uh, I had just a very small amount. Some guy paid me (laughs) to do some small work for him. And, boy, that stuff is so volatile. I mean, it's incredibly volatile, volatile. But the thing that gets me is I can't help but think that that's been put out there, sort of testing the waters to see who will engage in it. And if you'll engage in it, they say, oh, well, they, if you do it right, they can't track it, they can't trace it. I just have a hard time buying that. I, I mean, I just, I know it goes through a bunch of computers and everything, but uh, it's like one person pointed out to me, they said, if they catch one person doing something and they go in their computer and they find out who how they've been distributing money, that person, they can make that person sing and tell everybody they've been paying to. And then they all they have to do is start tracking all that stuff. And then they'll they pull a big net across everybody. Am I that far off in, in thinking like that? No, I, I think you're exactly right, Tim. And, you know, it's the same with the Tor browser, right? They, they said that the Tor browser was this ultimate uh, privacy weapon. Then we found out it was actually developed by the military industrial complex. Uh, I mean, the, the idea that they don't have ways of tracking this stuff, I, I think is rather silly. Uh, they do. And, you know, the blockchain, what it does is it actually uh, makes the record permanent. Like there, there's no way to undo that record because it's in the blockchain. So forever it will be known who bought what from whom. And that's the system that we're going to ultimately. We see blockchain now being developed for all kinds of applications, right? The governments want to use it. Uh, central banks want to use it. So that's the, the direction that we're moving in. And, and, I, and I think people need to understand this literally means the end of all financial privacy. I mean, we already have given up most of our financial privacy, right? Every year you have to fill out a tax form and you tell the IRS every penny you made, you know, where you spent it on it. <laughs> They know everything about you uh, and your bank will tell on you if you don't tell them. <laughs> so I mean, you have the choice of telling them yourself or letting the bank tell them. Um, 
So once this, but you know, right now we still have cash right now. It's not possible to prevent every person on the planet from buying or selling unless they take some kind of mark because we can earn money in cash and then we can pay money in cash. We can pay people to do things for us. So as long as cash exists, uh, this, this idea of forcing everybody to take some kind of mark to buy or sell uh, is not just impractical, it's inconceivable. But once they can eliminate cash, and they're well on their way to this. You know, they, they've done it in multiple places. Uh, I mean, they're this close in a lot of the Scandinavian countries. We're getting there in the United States. Um, in China now, I mean, a lot of times you don't even have to use your smartphone to pay anymore. They'll do a, a facial recognition scan when you're at the fast food restaurant. It'll just debit it from your bank account. So that's the direction this is moving. And the people who think that Bitcoin or, or the blockchain cryptocurrencies are going to give them uh, some ability to bypass the system, I think, are not quite understanding this. So, uh, you know, I, I've dabbled a little bit with some of these cryptocurrencies. I, I bought Bitcoin. I, I had Bitcoin back in, what, 2011 or something. Uh, so I, I, I was aware of all these things for a long time. But people who think that they're going to use these to bypass the system that's emerging, I think, are just... Um, being a little bit naive. And I don't say that in a condescending way. I just mean, you know, look at the the surveillance powers that the establishment that the system already has. And, um, you know, multiply that by a whole lot more that we don't know about yet, you know, from whistleblowers or from disclosures that have been made. And you recognize that, uh, you know, the NSA could probably track all of this already. It's going to get worse. And Bitcoin and cryptos and, and blockchain technology will be, I think, a critical part of this system that's emerging now as part of the Great Reset, as part of the move toward a global cashless one world currency. Let me let me ask you something with regards to that. Um, we know they're they're doing certain things. I mean, this 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 COVID hoax stuff that's going on, uh, we see that it has already accumulated trillions and trillions of dollars of more debt that we have. Um, and they're looking at doing doing more. They're looking at spending trillions more. And the question that I have is there always comes into play some kind of false flag, if you will, real or manufactured. Do you foresee them doing something here in the very near future that may even dwarf um, 9-11 uh, to, bring it, to, to kind of push this along? I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility at all. In fact, I, I've suspected that there was something in the works along those lines for a very long time. Uh, even back during the Tea Party, I thought, oh, man, just wait, we'll have some kind of false flag where some Tea Party person, some alleged Tea Party person will go uh, you know, on a mass shooting or do a bombing or something like that uh, to set up as the scapegoat. But I, I think um, you know, Christians and conservatives need to understand that this whole architecture of tyranny that's been created you know, under whatever pretext, uh, stopping Islamic extremism, uh, stopping terrorism, you know, what, whatever pretext they use, eventually it's all going to be turned on Christians. And whether they'll use a false flag attack to make that happen, I think it's entirely possible. Uh, in fact, I think they've done false flags many, many times. We've got documents about it, right? We've got uh, Operation Mongoose, Operation Northwoods. They were going to blow up an airliner. They were going to sink a boat. They were going to blow up bombs in my hometown of Miami to blame it on other people. So we know the government has done this many, many times. And what would make us think that in this age, you know, when, when people are even more evil, when evil has just come out of the closet, that uh, the establishment would not use those kinds of tactics. So we need to be ready for that sort of thing. 
And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, some sort of major false flag incident. It, and it wouldn't necessarily have to be blamed on Christians and conservatives. Maybe they want to start another war. And, and maybe it wouldn't be a false flag. You know, the, the, um, one of the, the recent um, videos I did on Behind the Deep State was about this organization that's recruiting child soldiers for the war on humanity, the war on America called uh the, the organization is called the sunrise movement and this sunrise movement yes. they're training these children to use what they call trigger events and then the george floyd death in uh, minneapolis was just such a trigger event right it was the perfect uh, excuse to roll out all of the things that they were already planning on doing uh, riots and and mob violence and and calling for defunding of the police and all these kinds of things. So, could they use a false flag attack? Absolutely. Will they? Maybe. I can't say for sure, but I, I think it's um, if not um, possible or if not probable, certainly possible. Um, but will they? Will they do something like this in the not too distant future? I think it's um, it's a very real possibility, Tim. What what are some of the uh, what are some of the plans that you know of that they are going to use that they've said they're going to use to begin to implement this? You you talked you you briefly mentioned and, and touched on there just for a moment uh, the rioting and the looting and and that kind of stuff. What are some of the plans that you know they have in place to try to push this through? And then what are some of the things that people can do? I you know I'm one that I still believe being armed is a good thing. Uh, I'm all for, you know, store, store owners, homeowners, when these people come and try to destroy your property, which is taking, which is really taking a part of your life. You take time out of your life to develop that and everything. So it is basically stealing your life, too. Um, and I'm for those people protecting them, even to the point of using, you know, physical violence to stop them from, from doing that or harming other people. What are, what are some of the plans that you know they have in place, and what are some things that you would suggest that people need to do to get ready for what's coming here? Well, I, I think the big one is going to be, Tim, economic collapse. Um, they have already created the situation where financial and economic collapse is almost inevitable. And and I think this time, you know, in, in previous financial catastrophes we've had in the United States, it hasn't been an issue of people going hungry, right? America was such a wealthy country that um, yeah, even if we lost our jobs, even if uh, you know our businesses had to declare bankruptcy, you know it wasn't an issue of people starving to death. But in this case, they used coronavirus to destroy our food systems as well. And and we've been warning about this for months and months. In fact, uh, we prepared a memo for President Trump about this. Uh, I think it was in May about what was going on. We were talking to farmers, we were talking to ranchers, uh, the USDA and state agriculture agencies were going out and telling them to to kill their herds, to, to gas their chickens, to uh, abort all the baby piglets, to slaughter their pigs, uh, to turn their crops over, to just plow them into the ground. Um, and, and some of this has come out now. In fact, there's an American who runs the, uh, the World Food Program at the United Nations. And he said a few months ago, the world had better get ready because we are heading into a famine or I think he said famines with an S of biblical proportions. OK, so I, I think the economic collapse that's coming and the, the wheels are already turning. We're just we're moving toward that uh, almost like, you know, going toward the edge of a cliff. And I don't know that there's much that could stop it at this point, absent divine intervention or total restructuring of the system and a rapid rebuilding of the food systems. But they have now bankrupted huge numbers of farmers, huge numbers of ranchers. This is a global phenomenon right in South Africa. They're just outright murdering the farmers uh, in China. They're they're taking them off their land at gunpoint in Brazil. 
under various pretexts, like giving land back to Indians and stuff. They're, they're dismantling massive agricultural systems and huge farms and ranches and things like this. Uh, coronavirus is a big part of it. I think the value of the dollar with all this money printing, as you mentioned, they've added trillions and trillions of dollars to, of worth of debt. I mean, there's never been federal spending like we have right now. Never in, in all of American history. Even during the 2008 crisis, we thought that was big money. Man, this makes that look like nothing in comparison. So they are preparing the stage now for an economic meltdown of, I think, unprecedented proportions. I think the, the people alive today have not experienced anything like what's coming. And the first thing I would say, you asked about how do we get ready for this. The first thing I would say is make sure your relationship with God is good. Um, if your relationship with God is not good right now, that needs to be your top priority. Amen. Forget food, forget bullets, forget, forget all of it. That needs to be your top priority. After you're, you're ready on that front, um, you know, you're spiritually ready for what's coming. Uh, and that means praying. That means reading your Bible. That means becoming well-informed. That means understanding the times that you're living in. That means understanding what God has called us to do. Um, you need to do that. You need to do that pronto. Uh, and then after that, you know, the Bible says, if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an infidel. Okay, You're worse than an unbeliever. So think about your family. Is your family ready? Um, what will you do if you lose your job? What will you do if uh, there's no food at the grocery store? Well, you know, we saw a sneak preview, right? No toilet paper. <laughs> we went through that for a week, yeah. right? People of Venezuela have been going through that for years. Get so, a bidet. Get a bidet. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, and so I tell people, you know, and, and it's not to, to promote fear. We don't want to be fearful. God has not given Absolutely. us a spirit of fear. Absolutely. There's no reason to be scared. Uh, but there is reason to be prudent. And that means making sure you have enough for you and your family, making sure that you can help other people who might need help in your community, your extended family. Uh, and I agree with you, Tim. You know, everybody ought to be armed. Jesus said, if you don't have enough money to buy a sword, go sell your cloak and buy yourself a sword, right? Um, pretty plain English. Jesus thought you should be armed. I think you should be armed. And um, just, you know, be ready. Make sure make sure that you are ready mentally, spiritually, psychologically, and also materially. You know, it's not going to hurt you to have a little bit of extra food laying around. It's not going to hurt you to have some extra ammunition, some extra uh, backup, you know, a plan B and a plan C for water. If you're on a well, you know, that's good. Make sure you can get water even if the power goes down. If you're not on a well, make sure you have a plan B and a plan C for getting water. So uh, these are just common sense, basic things. And I mean, even if we weren't facing what we were facing, these would be common sense, basic things. I live in Florida, right? Once every few years, the hurricanes come through and we don't have electricity for a couple of weeks. All right. You'd be a dummy not to be prepared for those types of things. And so, um, you know, and, and, you know, whether we can stop what's coming, I don't know. Um, you know, with God's help, all things are possible, but that would require God's people uh, humbling themselves and, and getting on their knees and praying and repenting and, um, you know, and I don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, it, may, it may happen on a small scale, but uh, I think we're, we're going to be facing some tough times, Tim. And, and as part of this great reset, they are going to try to make life as difficult and as miserable as possible for a lot of people for as long as it takes. And so we don't want to become victims of that. We want to be prepared for that. And, you know, once we and our own families are ready, then I think we all have an obligation to call this out, to, to inform ourselves and to inform others. So. Yeah, well, I, I think this ties into to discipling, um, because if we've got it straight and what we're understanding, then we want to communicate that to to our neighbors and people around us, because uh, when they get hungry, <laughs> you know, the depravity of man uh, is we haven't even we haven't even come close to seeing uh, the total depravity of man. It's restrained in large part by the law. 
and by by God himself in restraining people. But boy, when he's had it, he's, he takes his hands off and you can see what happens in a society. And even people that you might have been good friends with turn on you because they got a growling stomach and they got people in their home that's got growling stomach and they're willing to kill you in order to, to you know have the other people survive. And so right now is a good time that we make friends with, with people. This is why I say in the show, some of the people who come in the chat room, uh, you know, sometimes I get a little frustrated. I admit that, but I, I want people to, I want to win them. I don't want to repulse them. I want to win them. I want them to be my friends. I saw this black militia group down at uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia, and I'm going, guys, I don't want to repel them. I want them to be our friends. I want, I want them to come alongside. I said, I don't want them as enemies. And I said, we have a common enemy. And uh, it, obviously, it's, it's the enemy of our soul. That's the first, first and foremost thing. But he's behind a lot of people who have faces and names that we know, and, and it becomes an enemy to us. And so this tyranny has to be fought. Uh, I would say there's another thing, Alex. You know, the Bible is, is largely agricultural uh, in nature and what it presents. And, of course, we live out in rural South Carolina. We've got a lot of land here and stuff. And there's a lot of farmers and things. And like what you said out in the Midwest, boy, with the weather and uh, with some of the other things that have gone on, I mean, a lot of them are just really going under. And a lot of them have been losing farms anyway due to immoral taxes on them. Uh, when, you know, dad dies, the family gets hit with like a 50% tax or something ridiculous, as though the government has a right to the fruit of your labor and, and, and your inheritance. Uh, the Bible says that we should leave an inheritance to our children. And, and that's been going on for decades and farmers have been going out of business. And so I, you know, I would recommend some people learn how to do a little bit of gardening. You say, well, I live in the city. Maybe you're in, like you're talking about in Miami, uh, there, I, I've been down there once and I was like, I don't know how people do it. I cannot live on top of somebody where there's this much space between houses. You can, you can hear what's going on in your neighbor's house. I can't do it. Um, but there's always ways that people can grow things indoors there's a way they can, they can do it outside. I watched some little Oriental ladies uh, growing it, growing corn stalks and cabbage in between the brick pavers. It was the most amazing thing. I mean, and they were bigger than some of the stuff I've grown in my backyard. So there there are things that people can do to where God actually does the provision. You just have to plant the seeds, so to speak, and water it, and make sure it's taken care of. So those are very important things. Um, I'm sure that we could probably have somebody on like uh, James Wesley Rawls who could probably speak to some stuff of prepping with um, uh, and bartering because a lot of people don't even realize that people will barter. They barter now and it yep. doesn't require cash and it, it doesn't require, you know, taking a microchip or or a vaccine or whatever it is they're going to they, they, they have in mind to do. So I appreciate you bringing those things uh, to bear, too. And the other thing I want to hit on and you you spoke about it. It is not none of this, whether we're talking about the witchcraft with BLM or the Great Reset, none of this is to provide people with fear. If you have fear, there's a reason for that, and it's because you don't have the proper view of God and of his sovereignty. And that you know, here's the thing. God brought famines in the past. He warned people about that. He brought all kinds of judgments and he warned his people about that. And he always had a good intention. One was to glorify himself, that he meant what he said. And two, it was always to purify the people. It's not, I'm not going to say I'm looking forward to any of that because I'm not, especially when, uh, like me and my wife, we have a lot of children still here at home. So I'm not looking forward to any of that. I don't want any of it. And I want to be one of those, like you said, that uh, the, the repentance comes. But we're at the mercy of God for that. Jeremiah says, 
Lord, if you'll turn us, then we'll be turned. So even in repenting, we're dependent upon God for that. If God doesn't turn us, we're headed right into the midst of judgment along with the rest of the nation. Uh, can he preserve his people? Yes. But we don't do that to, to cause people fear. We want them to be prepared. We want them to do the right thing. Now, with that said, we got about three and a half minutes here. Uh, what else are you What else are you dealing with that you're looking at now, maybe tying these things together that you haven't spoken of yet? Yeah, there, there's so much going on, but I, I think they're all pointing in this general direction. I just published an article over the weekend at the New American uh, where Biden ripped off a UN slogan. It's called "Build Back Better," and and it fits right perfectly with with what's going on here. You know, it's uh, unbelievable. It basically, you know, the economy was destroyed as a result of COVID. Now we got these riots, so now we've got to build back better, which actually is just a UN slogan that they've been using for years about how do you rebuild on globalist progressive values after some natural disaster or whatever. So there's that going on um i've got a book coming out uh, probably this week called um uh deep state uh, shadow government behind the scenes where i kind of go through all of this and and in the end tie it back to scripture about you know everybody's talking about the deep state now almost all americans understand that we have that so i try to kind of lay it out who are these people uh and and ultimately point out that it's a spiritual battle but uh, thank you for having me on tim it's it's been a real pleasure and you know i hope people will go read all these articles they're over at the new uh, most of them are if not they're in the print magazine and um I just encourage you to go there. It's at thenewamerican.com. Yeah, so there's the uh, the League of Democracies. You know that now that the UN is kind of looking a little bit uh, impotent, they've got they've come up with this new idea that we America and nine other uh, powerful so-called democracies and James Madison would be rolling in his grave should join together and and um, create this new kind of global governance system that would legitimize their wars and all the rest of it. So there all these things in tandem, and they're all pointing in the same direction. So. I think uh, Christians and conservatives now really is your time to shine. People are looking for answers. People are scared. People are confused. So uh, get out there. Get educated. Educate them. And uh, thanks again for having me on the program, Tim. It's it's always such a pleasure. I love what you do, and I love your outlook on things. You're just right on the money. So I, No, I appreciate that, Alex. And we appreciate what you do there at the New American and on your other. you got another one, uh, Freedom Project. Is that correct? Yeah, Freedom Project. I've got an education blog. I do one or two uh, posts there every week. It's freedomproject.com. My personal website is libertysentinel.org. And now uh, I I write for other clients as time permits, uh, the Illinois Family Institute, uh, the Epoch Times, uh, WND, and and the Law Enforcement Intelligence Brief, things like that. And so if people want to find that, it's it's available. You can look any search engine except Google because Google's evil, but uh, most of the search (laughs) engines will turn up that stuff. Don't be evil, Google. It's in their nature, though. Again, it's their daddy. It's their daddy who's doing it. Well, Alex, we really appreciate you taking time, and uh, and I appreciate your outlook, too, because it's always to inform people. That's what we're here to do, and that's our job is to inform people so they can make a proper decision, a proper uh, decision about what they're going to do, whatever we're informing them about, and they can act on it. If people don't act on the information they're given, they're just saying, oh, well, I've had my information for today, and I feel better about myself. I know a little bit more. Well, that's not helpful. I mean, we, we've got to do something with that. I, I use the... The old thing, if you take in and take in and take in, you become constipated, don't you? And obviously the result of that is really bad. Alex, we appreciate you. Thank you for coming on today and making time for us. And folks, you can check out Alex and his work there at The New American. And um, 23 hours, we're going to be here with Rotten to the Core Wednesday with Lynn Taylor. Uh, Lynn's right on there with Alex when it comes to the education issues. You don't want to miss that. Till then, see ya. <laughs>